your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max, a deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Good afternoon, good evening. I'm starting to say good morning. It's not the right time of day. Welcome to this brand new show. I'm honestly very, very excited. That's why I'm a little flustered. Uh, this is a, a show that excites me because you're going to experience culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and around the world and even how Wisconsin culture has a worldwide impact. We call it What's on Tap. I am Sandy Max, and on the show tonight, a preview of the annual tradition, the Holiday Folk Fair International. It is back at Wisconsin State Fair Park Exposition Center this weekend. And the song you need to hear to wrap tonight's show is by the Milwaukee man who became known as Mr. Showmanship. And we start What's on Tap by noting that Milwaukee Theater Week continues through Sunday, and there is a very Milwaukee and very spectacular show starting on Thursday. I am delighted to welcome actor and Milwaukee-born man himself, starring in the one-man show Liberace at the Milwaukee Chamber Theater. He is the immensely talented Brett Ryback. Welcome back to Milwaukee, Brett. Thank you for having me. Oh. It's so exciting to be here. <laughs> I am excited to see you again. I had the thrill of meeting you last year and having some conversations. Arthur and Friends. Yeah, I, I wrote... At first stage. That's right. I wrote music for that and, uh, and, and co-wrote the lyrics for that. And now I'm back and I'm... And I'm, this is the first time in probably about 20, a little over 20 years that I'm back in Milwaukee as an actor. I've been oh, back yeah. a few times as a writer and as a, and as a music director, um, but I haven't been on stage here uh, performing in, in that long. So it's What was it's, one of the last shows you were on stage here in Milwaukee? It would have been at uh, the Skylight. I think I did uh, Hello, Dolly was probably the last time I was, I was here. I did some cabarets with the Skylight as well. Um, but uh, yeah, and then the Chamber Theater. I, I did a Chamber Theater show, I think, when I was like 16 uh, called Philomena. That was the last time, the only time that I've been on, on the Milwaukee Chamber Theater stage um, until Thursday. Exciting. <laughs> so before I ask so many questions about Liberace yeah. and behind the scenes and what it takes to really bring such a big, I hesitate to say character, but bring a Persona, big legend yeah. to life and do it as accurately as possible because now we all have the internet and we can we can check up on those things i want to ask you a lot about that but can you tell us a little bit more about your milwaukee journey where you grew up and and that sort of thing yeah so i uh, spent the large part of my childhood in muskego uh, i went to school in uh, waukesha i went to high, high school at catholic memorial and I also grew up um, as an, a child actor. I had my first, um, the first thing that I did on stage ever was at first stage. I played Fudge in Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing when I was five years old. <laughs> and then I continued to do shows all around town. I, I did uh, community theater. I, I did shows with The Rep, with Skylight, um, and a lot of shows with First Stage. And, um, and that's really where I got bitten by the bug. And I started taking piano lessons when I was 10 years old with uh, Jack Forbes Wilson. And uh, anybody who has seen Liberace at the, at the rep in the past uh, will know that Jack originated this role of Liberace. I saw that. That was because that's when I first saw it. It was about 2014. Yes. Yeah, that's when I saw it, too, actually. And we feature. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because I host a show on Milwaukee PBS called The Arts Page. Uh -huh. And we covered Liberace and uh -huh. met 
Brent Hazelden, who's writer and director, who's also directing you in Liberace again. So he's revisiting this. Yeah. But to go behind the scenes at that production and just be blown away. So to know, because I didn't want to ask, like, I don't know. Jack Forbes Wilson was pretty impressive. That's those, (laughs) you know. Oh, my God. So interesting. Have you connected with him on on his experience? Yes, uh, we, we talked about it back when he was doing it and, uh, and I reached out. I hadn't, I'd actually forgotten that we had exchanged, uh, emails back, back then when I came to see the show. And, uh, so when I, when I started this, I, I sent him an email cause he's, I don't think he, he, well, I know he's not in Milwaukee anymore. Um, he, he moved back to Nebraska and, um, and I came across the email and it was just so funny because I think the subject of the email was maybe you should play Liberace. <laughs> And I thought, oh, well, that, that email subject aged well, I guess. That's kind of a baton passing. But <laughs> yes, to know was. that you've got the good relationship with Brent Hazelden, who's yep. directing yes. you and who wrote the, the show. Yeah, he knows it inside and out. In conjunction with the Liberace, is it the, the Federation of Art, but mm-hmm. the foundation? That's foundation. Yeah, the Liberace Foundation. Yeah. 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 So that's, sig- signature of approval. I would say that's the gold seal right there. Yeah. And then to also know you kind of had a, a mentor relationship with Jack Forbes Wilson yeah. and the pressure's on to make him proud if you were the <laughs> piano student. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, yes, it, it, it's the, the music is certainly intimidating. That was one of the biggest intimidation factors coming into this process. But actually that email that I, I, I shared with Jack, um, at the beginning of the process was, was wonderful. I mean, he, he was, uh, the best, I mean, honestly, the best music teacher that I could have ever hoped for. And, uh, and it and it continues to this day just in the in the reassurance that he gave me um heading into it i i i actually felt a ton more relaxed just having gotten that email from him at the beginning of this process and i was like okay i don't need to worry so much i i i've got this and 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 now i you know and now i'm i'm far enough along in the process where i do feel like i'm i'm ready to i'm ready to go how wonderful cuz then each performance is not only going to be a tribute to liberace but also a tribute to jack forbes wilson and and the musicality that he instilled in you absolutely absolutely it's a very full circle uh, journey that's cool well if you have a question for brett about liberace or a memory to share the old national bank talk and text line is open you're welcome to chime in 8556161620 more from behind the scenes and you know i have to ask you about sequins and costumes and uh i'll have you know brett even brought in a candelabra so you can see that on the uh, wtmj youtube channel right now live streaming back with more from liberace actor and now expert brett ryback next on news radio 620 wtmj well we had to have that music that is the sound of liberace the iconic iconic milwaukee man who entertained the world with his music and earned the name Mr. Showmanship. That is actually, nobody plays chopsticks like Liberace, and Liberace's legacy is living on in his recordings and TV performances, but even more engagingly in person on stage for the next few weeks. At the Milwaukee Chamber Theater, I'm Sandy Max, and in the WTMJ studio with me is actor Brett Ryback. And Brett, what does it feel like when you hear the original music that Liberace performed that you now are bringing to the stage? It's, uh, I, I was just listening to his, uh, chopsticks there going, oh, I should incorporate some of this. I know what I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, you I, have time. I do have time. on stage November 17th through December 10th. You got time to work it in. That's right. Um, Went, there was a, there was a moment when I again I you know when I first started I I was I did a lot of watching him and watching him play and and trying to sort of see it but he's really good I mean he's just so uh, uh, effortless in the way he plays and so it 
I had to put it away for a little bit because, I, again, you know, I had to learn the music and I felt intimidated. I was like, oh my gosh, how? But Yeah, um, he kind of raises the bar. He really <laughs> does, you know. I mean, that, and that's one of the things that I think, I've, I've so enjoyed stepping into his world and to, and to the persona that he is. It's taught me a lot about, um, uh, about being a showman and, and, you know, he was, he, his legacy lives on in rock stardom in a weird way, even though he wasn't like a rock star, but like he influenced a lot of the people he that paved became the way for Elton John, for sure. Elton John, Elvis, uh, David Bowie, you know, I mean, and so it's, it's, when I put on that, the outfit and the rings, I, I, I'm like, oh, I get it. I feel flashier. I feel there's a, a something that happens to me that I'm, 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 I understand why he, you know, kind of was the showman that he was and it's really exciting it like it, it's an energy that i that i get it's kind of a uniform almost you know, mm-hmm. once you put all of that on and and you feel more of that regal mm-hmm. grand i mean you call it a grand piano and then the candelabra yeah. adds icing to the cake you know yeah. there, there wasn't anybody who added more sprinkles and sparkles to to a presentation and a performance but to know that the world loved it yeah and and unlike elvis who you just mentioned Liberace toured the world. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was beloved all over the world. And, uh, and he, yeah, he really carved, uh, his own path. You know, I'm, I'm reading a, a book that's sort of a contemporary account of, of, uh, you know, gay life in the 1950s in this country. And one of the big things that was important is, uh, conformity. And he was the absolute opposite. He was, he was very much about individuality. He didn't want to lose his individuality. And, and he really allowed that to shine through. Uh, yeah, he didn't blend into the crowd. He didn't blend into the crowd, you know, and and other people took that and ran with it, and and uh, and he suffered some blowback because of it, but um, but ultimately, I think that that is one of the most enduring uh, parts of his legacy. And Liberace's career is much more than all the glamouring glitz that we see. That's right. He was born right here in West Dallas, Wisconsin, and I'm sure you cover that in the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. And here we are in the. Third Street Market Hall Studios, right downtown at the old Grand Avenue Mall. And do you feel your spidey senses tingling? Yeah, I think that uh, one of his earliest jobs was at the Red Room Restaurant in the old Plankinton Arcade, which I think this is what that would have been. Yes, you just walked by the Plankinton yeah. statue. I think it was yeah. right underneath that rotunda. Yeah, there. Was that who that statue is? Yes. Plankinton? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Plankinton himself. Mr. Plankinton himself. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. year-round greatness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do make a joke about it's now being a TJ Maxx, so... <laughs> Which it is. <laughs> See? So I'm glad I could bring you a little bit yes. closer to that inspiration. What's something else you feel resonated with you or that you learned from his early Milwaukee life? Well, I, you know, when when I would read the history or, or you know, um, both in the play and then in some of the books that he wrote and, and, and a biography about him, I, I can't help but it, there's so much about it that feels like my own story he was a young uh you know a young queer kid growing up in in this area it was a piano it was naturally a gifted for music at an early age did a lot of performing at an early age like i did and then had this drive to go on to bigger you know uh stages and bigger places and i felt that too and and so it was just really interesting i i there was a lot about it that you know, obviously different story, but felt just very familiar to me. I also understood, I think, the, um, that, that Midwestern hardworking, you know, he's such a self-made artist and an individual. Like he really 
built his empire from the ground up by himself. And I think that that's, you know, he's the child of an immigrant parent and from the Midwest, you know, salt of the earth, like nose to the ground, just get the work done. And, and I, I identified with that. That's a great point because you don't become such an accomplished pianist of all kinds of genres of music without that work ethic, without that artistic discipline that's right yeah yeah and he and he had a scholarship at the wisconsin conservatory of music for 17 years i mean that was really where he uh you know uh what is it they you know got what is it the phrase like earned his bones or you know really worked his his uh, skill like there was at the wisconsin conservatory of music i mean he you know he is so much of this area and so much of milwaukee and i think that uh it's a really great opportunity for people here to come and celebrate one of their own and, and an icon and somebody who is maybe not as well known as he as he ought to be. And multifaceted. Yes. And there's a lot of depth in, in this show. I'm excited that uh, Liberace is back on stage. We'll tell you how you can see Brett Ryback back in his hometown on stage as Liberace. And I still want to ask you about sequins and costumes. All right. More on WTMJ. We are surrounding ourselves with the sounds of Liberace. On the first half of What's on Tap today, I'm Sandy Max, and in the studio with me is the Milwaukee-born man, Muskego man, who is back on stage in Milwaukee, in his hometown, as the one-man show of Liberace at Milwaukee Chamber Theater, and just hearing this music, what an impressive challenge but that, I, that you're excited about to recreate this music to the note. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's you can't you can't fake your way through uh, <laughs> through Liszt and Paderewski and Chopin. <laughs> so just even hearing the classical music performed live is going to be a thrill. But you've got to embody all that personality and some of the comedy. But you also mm-hmm. have to be able to walk tall. And a whole lot of sequins. That's right. Were you excited about the costuming? I was, yeah. Um, yeah, I wish, you know, because it's a one man show, I don't get to change a whole lot. <laughs> I don't get to go off stage and, and put on all, uh, as many costumes as I, I would. We have, uh, they're displayed in, uh, in, in a very special way throughout the show. Uh, but, and some of them are like just incredible to look at. But I do get to wear, uh, a bunch of sequins in the second, in the second part of the show. And, uh, and I, I just, I love it. It's the, the, it's, they sparkle and I feel like I sparkle, you know. It's hard not to, to, yeah. to channel that. And the costuming is Alex Tacoma from the Milwaukee Rep mm-hmm. is a world-class costumer. We are lucky to have him in oh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So his attention to detail and that's got to, when you know that you're really being as authentic as possible with the music, with the presentation and I just think that's very exciting. Yeah. And because, you know, the, the uh, studio theater is rather intimate, you know, you're very up close with with both me and the costumes and the and the music i mean it's it's a really it's i think it's going to be a very engaging uh night at the theater for anybody who wants to come and why do you think it's important to bring liberace's story to people now well i i mean for me he's he's a he's a local icon that i think is does not really get his due um he's sort of remembered as this uh a bit camp, you know, over the top, flashy, sentimental person. And he was all of those things, but he was also, um, 
he was also a, a, a really beautiful artist and uh, a hard worker and uh, shared, I mean, love was sort of his motivating factor was to just bring happiness to people, make people laugh, give people a good time. And this show also takes a look at, you know, what uh, the cost of, of the fact that, you know, he lived as a closeted gay man in a time when that just really wasn't um, accepted and he had to... Uh, and yet he still found a way to to bring that authenticity to the to the forefront so it's it's you know it's a celebration and an examination of a local hero with great music and just a lot of comedy and and heart and i feel like a lot of people don't really realize that that he's, he's from here i was just going to say I didn't know. Wisconsin I, I, pride really you know i didn't really know that much about him uh before i saw the show and then and then read the script again and uh you know it's funny you said you know mosquito man i was actually i was born in milwaukee and i spent the first 2 years of my life uh, on national avenue we just blocks from where his cuz he moved around a little bit he was born in west dallas but then he sort of spent the majority of his childhood uh on national cr- across from the va it was just a few blocks from where I spent the first few years of my life. Like it's just crazy that uh, the the weird parallels um, that I've that I've learned about. I love the threads and the full circle that you are back in Milwaukee. I'm excited to see you on stage in Liberace. Break a leg Thank at you. Milwaukee Chamber Theater, November 17th through December 10th. Tickets are available now for Liberace. Milwaukee Chamber Theater's website, MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org, and also it is Milwaukee Theater Week now through Sunday. You can check visit milwaukee.org often for ticket discounts and giveaways and exclusive events. Brett Ryback, thank you so much thank for you, making time before you zoom off for tech rehearsal. That's right. These are important crunch times because opening night is on Thursday. So next on What's on Tap, a preview of the annual Holiday Folk Fair International. Now from the WTMJ Breaking News Center, here's Jessica Gatso. I'm Sandy Max. Thank you for tuning in to this new show, What's on Tap on WTMJ. You get to experience culture and creativity from Wisconsin and around the world. I'm Sandy Max, and we just talked about the impact of Liberace, a musical legend from Milwaukee, and his impact on entertainment around the world to a global fan base. Well, now we're going to look at how cultures from around the world have influenced Milwaukee. And this weekend is the annual Holiday Folk Fair International, a colorful cultural event It's a feast for all the senses, food, costumes, dancing, learning about customs and traditions in nearly every country you can think of. And to share with us a preview of this weekend's event, I am so delighted to welcome to the WTMJ studio, Dr. Paul Trabion, president and CEO of the International Institute of Wisconsin, who produced the Holiday Folk Fair. Welcome, Dr. Trabion. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, Really good to be here. And you look like you should be at the... Holiday Folk Fair International. You have some traditional garb on. What are you wearing? Well, this year's um, topic is traditional dress. Celebrate the culture of traditional dress. And this traditional dress that I have on is regalia from Native uh, Alaskan uh, Clinkett tribe by Juneau, Alaska. And it has a headdress with a shark emblem on it, and then I have uh, an eagle on the back and an eagle feather and an eagle uh, they call a bib. And it's about showing uh, off that I'm part of the eagle house, shark clan, and it's about all about remembering your mother. So Ah, 
And every say everything's very symbolic mm-hmm. and very individual. And you've got white buttons that also are studded all around the black cloth. This is wonderful. Who makes these garments? Well, it's made by your family. Okay. And it represents the matrilineal line. So I follow the line of my mother, and she's Shark Clan, and she's Eagle House. And Eagle's Mary Ravens. And uh, that whole thing is about balance and remembering your elders. And these uh, symbols sometimes will give you pause for thought and stories so that you could actually share the values, the customs, and also lessons. So that's what the, the traditional dress is about for me. So it's very near and dear to my heart that we have the culture and celebration of traditional dress this year. Well, it's interesting to think of costumes as yet another way to tell stories. And storytelling is how we learn. It's how we share. It's how we connect. So just to even think that a simple piece of cloth and how you wear it already tells so much about you and makes other people curious to learn more. Yes, and that is what's really neat about it. When somebody comes to me and says, oh, I really like that headdress. And then when they're noticing the headdress, that actually in my culture uh, is a way to honor my mother. So when people notice and take pause, uh, I thank them. I say, that's our biggest clinket word. It means thank you. And it sounds lovely. So see, there's so much to learn. And this is just one of the cultures that you can experience at the 80th annual, what a tradition, 80th annual Holiday Folk Fair International. How did you get involved in this event? Well, I've been a board member for about 12 years, and I became a vice chair, and then we had a leadership change, and I got asked to step up and uh, become an interim. And while I was there, I love the Institute, always have uh, the staff uh, welcome me, and I threw my hat in, competed, uh, got installed as president in June, and it's just been a, a wonderful experience um, being part for 12 years, but now actually at the helm looking underneath the hood and and making sure that this wonderful event occurs. And um, the Institute is 100 years old now. Wow. And they started off by doing immigration and naturalization services. And then, you know, 80 years ago, they started doing the Holiday Folk Fair. And it's a way for us to actually celebrate culture, heritage, traditions, uh, learn about each other, uh, find out our differences, celebrate our differences, um, celebrate our similarities. And um, what I really think is cool is that spreads into not only traditional dress, but in music and dancing, and there's the food. There we go. I wondered if you were going to say it. All right, we're going to find out about the food. You know it. I have questions about the food and, and some other things. Your personal preview of this year's Holiday Folk Fair International continues next on What's on Tap on News Radio 620 WTMJ. Festive traditional music. I think this is German music, just one of the many countries of culture that you can experience at the 80th annual Holiday Folk Fair International. Thanks for tuning in to this new show, What's on Tap on WTMJ. You get to experience culture and creativity from Wisconsin and around the world, and this is a perfect example. I'm Sandy Max, and in the studio with me is Dr. Paul Trebion, President and CEO of the International Institute of Wisconsin, who produced the Holiday Folk Fair. And before we tempt people Well, let's just go ahead. Let's tempt people's taste buds, because I have some other questions for you about what makes this weekend so special. But we know that food is one of those things. 
Oh, yes. Food <laughs> is one of those things. What is one of the first things that you have to sample when you go? Well, any of the pastries. I oh, there that. you go. We've got to have those. I mean, it's uh, the desserts that, that uh, come to mind. And whenever I talk to people who have been there quite a bit, because there's people that, that return every year, um, they can't wait to uh, sample the food and see what's new, uh, see what's been there before, so i got to get my favorite. Um, and I, I think that that is um, tied to uh, the cultures that they celebrate. You'll have all these culture booths, and then they'll show their traditions. And then their traditions spill over into how they pre- uh, prepare food, and then the dancing as well, and the traditional dress. Uh, there's a lot of symbology in the dress, and then everything mixes together. Like one one of the years, I remember we had uh, bread as a theme, and for the food, and because everybody breaks bread in all their different cultures. Yes, and and uh, just the artistry of putting the bread together and uh, sampling it, and then uh, the aroma. It was just that's what I was just gonna say. Wonderful. I know it smells good at Holiday Folk Fair International. As soon as you walk into the Wisconsin. State Fair Park, that expo center, even though it's big, you're going to get a lot of different flavors and scents wafting at you to tempt you. And what's also neat is as you look at the desserts and you look at the foods, sometimes they have special names and they have uh, uh, language. And I saw some of the booths in past um, iterations uh, where you could come up to the booth and they would actually start to offer to teach you a little bit of language. Um, and like uh, for example, um, uh, they would take a, take a look at my uh, my traditional dress, and then would say, "Oh, I recognize that. That looks like a bird." And then I would say, "That is a bird. It's uh, an eagle, and it's pronounced chalk." And and then when you see the headdress, you see it. It looks like a fish. Yes, it is. It's a shark, and that's wushkitan. And then you would have to uh, pause, and they would their eyes would light up, and then you say, "Do you want to hear a traditional greeting?" And they go, yes. And so the traditional greeting for my culture is I say my name, Long Seafaring Bird, and then I say my house, Eagle House, and then I say my clan, uh, um, Shark, and then you say your mother's name, and then you say I am. And the reason why you say your mother's name is then whoever's in the culture knows exactly where you came from. So when you put it all together, it sounds like this. And so that means I am, and it's spoken like um, uh, Spanish where it goes backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they get excited and they say, uh, how do you say that? And then they go, uh, let's start with my uh, word that I've been taught is the most widely used word, the most famous word, I guess you say the most important word in Clinket, which is thank you which is gunach chish. So I slowed it down so you could hear it a little bit. But he said gunach chish. And uh, so uh, we don't have any phrase for no thank you because we all work together. So if I catch two fish and I only need one, I take the next fish and I give it to you. And then you can't say no thank you. You take it and say gunach chish. And then you take it, and if you don't need it, you give it somebody else. You just pay it forward, yes. And so all these values, the language, the the dress and uh, the food uh, all go into showing how we all work together. And I, that's what I really think is good. It's the, the mission of, 
of Holiday Folk Fair, and the mission of International Institute of Wisconsin is to bring that uh, education. Because you just showed how your Native American heritage and culture is different, but those themes are the same. Like every culture, you want to have harmony and you want to have gratitude, especially in the month of November. So these small things that you can learn and take with you, and especially bring your family and have your children be stimulated by all the costumes, because this year's theme, celebrate the culture of traditional dress. There are going to be some people dressed to the nines and in wearing clothes that we've never seen, because if you didn't grow up in a certain country, you never were exposed to that. So it's wonderful that this is all in one space, and it's become a tradition for so many families. And there's another tradition that is really profound, that is part of the Holiday Folk Fair International, and that's Friday afternoon what is happening for a very large group of people there? Well, after the education day concludes, where the schools come, we have a naturalization service. And this year, uh, we're the only naturalization service occurring in November. So there's going to be a, a significant number of um, individuals being naturalized. And it's over 300. And it's one of wow. our largest numbers, second largest numbers. Um, and I can hardly wait to see that. It's like a, a completion to a journey that starts another journey. You know, uh, there's always something to progress with, but they've worked hard to get there, worked hard to be self-sufficient, worked hard to understand the new cultures that they're integrating into and also to uh, learn how to preserve their culture at the same time of being integrated and um, participating and being uh, contributing. And it's so wonderful for that to happen and to see all the faces of the young ones, the um, middle, and then the, the elders uh, all celebrating somebody who is actually becoming naturalized. And uh, I can hardly wait for that. Um, all it, the generations. It's just going to ha happen too quick. It just it starts and all of a sudden it's over, but it's an event that carries you through uh, all the work we have to do to help people when we um, help newcomers uh, to our country. And that really is the International Institute of Wisconsin's mission, not just to produce a fun event that brings people together, but you're really helping people all along that journey to naturalization. Oh, correct. And Holiday Folk Fair is the, the essence, the evidence, the tangible uh, evidence that our mission is to educate um, the community in cultural understanding, um, uh, help everybody understand what uh, it means to have uh, the understanding of how your culture mixes with another culture. Um, inclusion. We, we hear that word a lot, but when you look at Holiday Folk this year, Holiday Folk for this year, I hope that you remember Inclusion in action. That's what I like to describe Holiday Folk Fair as when I, I talk about it. So that's our mission at International Institute of Wisconsin, that we're supposed to uh, help people to understand their heritage, uh, help them to understand others' heritage, and to uh, celebrate with them and watch them dance and look at the similarities of w what your dance would be or what your music would sound like and what your food um looks like and and tastes like so and you talk about inclusion in action and what's more fun than taking action by going to a fun event where you're going to be super stimulated plenty of activities for kids because we're always looking for family fun as well 
But what are some of the new things? Because this is the 80th annual Holiday Folk Fair International. What's new this year that people should look for? Well, that was an interesting question. We thought about that a lot. And we uh, are still coming out of the pandemic. Everybody is, especially these events. And this is the second one since then. And we decided that we were going to try to make things as familiar as possible and just concentrate on a a, a new theme um, that was there, but we haven't really emphasized. So that's the new part is uh, traditional dress and to take a look at that closely. And I, I think that because of being the 80th year, having familiar uh, surroundings, familiar layout will help people to re-engage and come back. And then we're going to take this year and re-engage with all those who uh, build this up over the year and then take a look at uh, next year for um, seeing what we could explore to make things a little different, but at the same time, uh, making it, uh, keeping it a tradition. So Making it comfortable to enjoy yeah. culture yeah. and Get your feedback on and try all sorts of tasty <laughs> foods. It is the 80th annual Holiday Folk Fair International happening Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Wisconsin State Fair Park Exposition Center. Dr. Trebion, thank you so much for joining us. And again, what is your what is your tribe? My tribe is the Clinkett Tribe, Southeast Alaska, around Juneau. And um, we came down from the interior, and we found this wonderful place that has uh, uh, an abundance of food, uh, mainly salmon, um, but other other seafoods as well. And it's a very um, interesting place to live because it's a temperate rainforest, if you believe that. Up in Alaska, <laughs> temperate rainforest. But it has to do with that Japanese current that comes up. And all that warm, moist air hits the Arctic air, and it drops a lot of water. It's like Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, But the winters are actually milder than here in Wisconsin. Um, But there's a lot of snow there, and that's where I'm from. And I go back at least once or twice a year uh, to be with my family and my tribe there. More stories to share at the 80th Annual Holiday Folk Fair International. Thank you very much, Dr. Trebion, and see Dr. Trebion's beautiful cultural outfit when you watch on our WTMJ YouTube. We've got the song you should hear next on WTMJ. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blogs going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. <laughs> so we've been talking about Liberace because there's a one-man show called Liberace at the Milwaukee Chamber Theater uh, that starts Thursday, goes through December 10th. It could be a very fun way to experience music with a family member or a friend. And today's song you need to hear was suggested by the Liberace playwriter and director, Brent Hazelden. So you got to figure he knows his Liberace. And I met Brent at the Rep nearly 10 years ago when this show first began. And if you listen... Well, let's just listen to the original himself. This is Liberace playing a fun version of Beer Barrel Polka. And I'm going to open my program tonight with a little number that's quite a favorite with all my friends back in my hometown, Milwaukee. If you haven't guessed it already, it's the Beer Barrel Polka.
Liberace himself performing the Beer Barrel Polka. You can see Liberace at Milwaukee Chamber Theater November 17th through December 10th. Tickets at Milwaukee Chamber Theater's website, milwaukeechambertheater.org. And Milwaukee Theater Week goes through Sunday. Visit milwaukee.org. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sandy Max. Hope you were entertained and informed.